Welcome back to Instructions Not Included with Jeff and Tori, a show that dives into uncharted obstacles that millennials like us face and the decisions that we make to reshape and rewrite those traditional norms and values that we grew up with. And today's episode is about money. And ironically, I'm having a really difficult time talking in this episode or thinking about what we're going to talk about because it's a very triggering subject for myself. And I think that's what's preventing us from going into this recording. So I think uh, the fact that it's 11 p.m. is also a factor. Yeah, being up since five and having new shifts for our newborn definitely is affecting the conversation. But I think honestly... I didn't realize choosing this topic would be a lot more difficult for me than I realized until now. Yeah, I mean, it's just a a difficult conversation. I think there Mm -hmm. is a stigma with money and how people view it and being open to talk about it. So I think this will be a good conversation for us to share our experiences. Yeah, and we kind of want to just focus more so on unlearning habits that we may have picked up on from our parents or, um, you know, our elders essentially, uh, because we don't realize that the things that we subconsciously see growing up really do shape our decision-making, you know, our mindsets. Um, and so we want to essentially shed light on the scariness that comes with facing the feelings that surround money, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's not an easy topic at all. Some people, like you mentioned, um, you know, you talk about your bottle service after college and, Mm, um, you know, sometimes our trauma with money comes out with spending too much money. And then sometimes on the other end of the spectrum, the trauma comes out as saving all of our money, right? So... That's really what we're going to dive into today. We have um, some Instagram like responses that um, some friends and acquaintances, you know, responded with that we're going to touch base on. Yeah, and I think it just like it shows like people are interested in the conversation. They're participating now, and and it's really great. And then that works. Why we're excited to keep this podcast going and talk about this next episode. Yeah. So um, again, just going into why we're doing this i think a lot of people in our circle um were the first people that may have had a 401k the first people that you know we live in a single family home you know you grew up in a multi-generational household i grew up with eight other people in the household yeah and so we're really the first people or a lot of us are the first people in our lineages that are kind of breaking those generational cycles um, because I feel like the the term generational wealth has been so far removed from so many of us that we're kind of the first again that are able to even dream and even obtain generational wealth. Yeah and I think it's because like our parents like we're parents of immigrants, we're both parents of immigrants, and they are just so focused on surviving that creating generational wealth wasn't even a thought. It's more about just having a better life. Yeah, exactly. So 
and giving a better life didn't mean wealth for future generations. I think it was more so, you know, for example, with my mom, I know that she did not want to raise me um, in an area that would be, you know, what many would consider, you know, a very poor area, I guess you could say, or a lesser income area in the Philippines, um, because she knew the struggles that she had um, growing up, essentially. And Shout so, out, Tita. <laughs> your mom. My mom. Mom, hey, mom. And so it's one of those things where they kind of just think about their kids, and now you and I, were not just thinking about Easton, but we're thinking about Easton's future, right? And so in order for us to even think about that far, you and I have had to really face our own limitations when it comes mm-hmm. to uh, money habits. And they were uh, definitely tough conversations, I think. Uh, it took us some time to get to where we were, where we were, where we are, rather, about money. So, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely takes some work being around this topic. Yeah, and so even, you know, with you and me, um, it wasn't until we moved in together that I realized, hmm, this guy has like spreadsheets. He's always talking about, you know, paying this off, putting money towards here. And I would just be like, okay, let me just, you know, we would do IOUs at one point, right? We were just doing IOUs like, okay, you bought groceries. Let me send you money then. I brought, you know, I bought dinner. You I'm get, sure that's then, how like most people kind of start out. Yeah. And then you were like, this doesn't make sense. We need to have like a joint spending account we need to have a joint like credit card and that was when conversations like that were like not happening because i just was so terrified of like you seeing like how poor i handled money and it's just like i didn't (laughs) know how to communicate with you then so i think throughout time which we'll share like how we got to that point yeah and also just like the businessman in you was like talking to me like money, 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 as if I knew how to handle it. And then that's kind of where like, you know, my feelings of like shame and guilt Mm -hmm. kind of came around. And I'm sure, you know, those are feelings that a lot of people may not even realize they have. Yeah, That's why we wanted to have this episode to give you the tools to kind of say, okay, I'm not where I want to be. Is it because times are just tough or is it because I can change something with my own actions? Right? That sounds right. Yeah. So um, really just before we dive into anything further, Jeff, do you want to talk about our sponsor? So today's episode is proudly sponsored by Elite Builders. Elite Builders is a collective of 200 plus skilled real estate agents who are dedicated to unlocking their potential. The group is led by senior partners Aaron Novello and Jose Luis Morales, who combined have sold over 3,500 plus homes with over 20 years experience. With agents located throughout North America, the community is built on sharing value and bringing out each agent's best negotiation and sales abilities. If you're an agent who who wants to benefit from free coaching and upgrade their real estate business, shoot us a DM on Instagram at Jeff and Tori or email Jeff at Jeff and for more information. So jumping back into conversation. So the other day uh, we had posted something on our Instagram at Jeff and Tori. Um, and we had asked, you know, what are some positive or negative 
lessons or habits that you learned in childhood. Yeah. Right. And the main uh, two of my favorite things that were mentioned were one, someone was throwing away mail uh, because they were scared that hmm. it was going to be bills. Um, and then two, a main theme that came up was just the idea of saving. Right. But yeah. saving for the purpose of potentially never using it before you die. And it's so funny because like the throwing away a bill because you didn't want to deal with it. It just sounds like people don't do that. But I mean, I'm sure people can relate to it. Like it's very difficult to face like budgeting and spending. So I totally get it. I mean, I don't think I ever threw away mail, but I would not look at my credit card statements. Yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't do that as well. I think that's just something... Yeah, I mean, it's something that I think a lot of people can relate to, especially. Yeah, so it's like I would... <laughs> I would know that I'm spending more than I can actually afford, but because I knew I was only going to pay the minimum, I never actually looked at the statement, and I never realized that if you don't look at the statement... You could get fraudulent charges on there that you don't know about. Mm -hmm. um, two, you're not going to realize that you're actually spending more than you're making. I had no idea what interest was. And yeah, three, like half the time my interest was was causing my overall total to go up more than what I was actually buying. So at some points yeah. I'm like, I haven't bought anything. And I didn't realize that that's actually, you know, because of interest. So a lot of things that I feel like we weren't taught, you know, like you and I both had student loans or ha I have still have student loans. And it's such a, it's like, what do they call it? Like a, it's a praying, like loan companies prey on students or like young people, right? Because it's like you're 18, in, 18 to in your 20s, you know, being responsible for, for thousands of dollars. Yeah, and we both talked about how we both, took extra money and used it on the bars and used it for ourselves and it was supposed to be for school and i i know some of my friends in my circle kind of did the same thing so how many people out there have also done that yeah and so that's uh, you know because i stupidly and i guess naively not even being stupid but naively was spending that as if it was my own income and so when you and I started dating and we had to look at our finances together, that's where the feelings of shame and like embarrassment came from because my credit card bill before COVID and forbearance started Whoa. was like, uh, to be honest, over $20,000 and I could not get out of that cycle. Yeah. Um, like at one point, but when I was leaving for grad school, I had like $10,000 on a credit card. And I told my mom, like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this, you know. And luckily, I she was able to take care of that for me. But then it happened again. Mm -hmm. So it's like I had to really look at myself as to why I kept having to do balance transfers to a new credit card. Because it was my poor habits. It wasn't my money that I was making, it was the fact that I was spending more as I made more. I think for me, it was I was fortunate that 
my mom opened up a credit card for me when I was like 14, 15, and it just told me that it was important for my credit to make sure this business paid off. So that's kind of what I did. But as I grew older and then got out of college, I kind of, I guess I forgot that. And I just went crazy with spending because I just had so much money from my job and I was living at home that I kind of forgot that staple, I guess you'd say, when it comes to saving money. And why do you think you ended up, I guess, like doing something different than what you grew up knowing, which is actually like a positive thing? I don't know. I like I think it's a combination of just being young in my 20s out of college with my friends who are all going out trying to just have a good time and just being thinking that I was invincible. Like I was living at home. I didn't have any debt. I was making more money than I ever had. And I just thought that it would never catch up with me until it did. So it's 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 definitely a, was a learning experience for me to make sure that um like, thankfully, I was able to figure it out and, and get better at it. But I mean, I think that's a cycle that most people kind of go through and unfortunately can't get out of. But what's the root of that? Oh, for me, it was just not having much when I was younger. Like, I lived in a household, like I mentioned, of seven other people. And my bedroom was the living room. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I stayed in my parents' room for as long as I can remember. And then when I grew up to an age where I wanted my own space, it had to be the living room. So that's, I didn't have much. And then I got money and I had, I felt what was a lot. And that just kind of triggered me to just keep spending. And because now I had more means than I've ever had. Yeah, so that's why it's like, you know, you were able to have the awareness and be like, okay, whoa, 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 like... I'm taking this way too far, but unless you actually have that self-awareness or face the truth as to, you know, that you may not be able to keep up with the Joneses, right? You may not be able to buy a new car. You may not be able to rent or um, move to where you want to. You may have to move back home, right? Yeah. Like a lot of people, I feel like, I guess society and our egos kind of continue to push us to those unhealthy habits. When do you think you started learning? I know you, know you mentioned with me, but there was no other time before that that you were like, oh, wow. Well, I don't think my parents ever like sat me down to be like, this is money, right? It's always like, well, I remember I op like my mom opened up a Wells Fargo account for me back then. It was like Wakovia or something. Ooh, and like I had, that in forever. Yeah, I had, um, they had like a garage sale and I had a lemonade stand. And so I was able to open a bank account with the money that I got from that lemonade stand. I think was, it was that like, lemonade stand successful? It was like two hundred dollars. I mean, no a lot way! Of money. You made two hundred dollars <laughs> yeah. from lemonade because it was like I lived in a cul um, not a cul-de-sac, oh, cool. but I lived like wow. right where there's like a, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, I lived right where there's like um, there's a lot of cars where I where I lived at that age, and so people were just giving me money for Damn, it. You so. were the entrepreneur before entrepreneurship was cool. But then at the same time, it kind of went. You know, like I opened up the card, but then like I didn't really learn much after that. And then I think I knew that my parents were working so they can provide for their family in the Philippines. Um, so I didn't really. And I guess like as an as a story that I want to like an embarrassing story is like I knew that money 
was a differentiator. Is that a word? Differentiator? Yep. Between people, because when I was going to school at a Catholic school, there were kids in like Benzes and like BMWs and like they were coming back with their hair braided because like they went on a vacation and we were crossing the playground to go to lunch and I saw my dad and my mom because I guess I forgot lunch, I think. And they were in there like, you know, like those those vacuum square looking vans back in like the 90s. And so definitely had one of those. And they had a blue one. And like, I don't even think I told my parents the story, but I was trying so hard to not be seen by them. And I was so embarrassed. And like, my friends were like, oh, who was that? I was like, oh, it's my uncle. (laughs) Because embarrassing. Yeah. Because I was, I knew that there was a difference between me and those kids at that point. So like, I wasn't necessarily taught money other than my parents came from nothing. You know, they worked hard to come to America and we're living in this, you know, safe suburban town. But then I learned, oh, like there's more to just like surviving, right? There's more than just like being able to provide like a safe home for your child mm-hmm. or like education for your child. So that's when I realized, hmm, I don't think we're poor, but there's people with so much more money than us. And that's kind of like when I learned the concept of like class, like upper class, yeah, middle class. Type I, don't, of thing. Yeah, I don't think I ever like knew that. I just thought everybody was on the same level, which just shows how naive I was. But I mean. So with you, like for people who are listening, Jeff grew up in Kearney and I grew up in Tom's River, New Jersey, which are completely two opposite like towns on the spectrum, right? So, like, I grew up in, like, super suburb, um, lots of land between, like, the houses, depending on where you live. And Jeff grew up in a town where it's literally all multifamilies. All multifamilies, all, like, super, like, urban in the sense of there were just so many people in the household. That's why I thought everybody lived this way. Yeah, and it wasn't, like, until I got older that I even saw multifamily homes. And then when you came to visit, like, Tom's River for the first time, it was just, like, like, I don't know like what was I remember like you just being like in shock that like oh you grew up here yeah because your house was huge compared to mine like I'd like I didn't have a bedroom you had bedrooms that were bedrooms. like your closets <laughs> yeah but that was also like our our like my parents bought that as that was our, our second home too like our first yeah but you know. to me it's just like I you don't I didn't see big homes like that like one funny story that I remember uh, I was in high school. Um, shout out Mark Lowe. Like he always used to not have money for lunch and I would always just spot him. And then I went to his house in Monroe and it was like a mansion compared to- Why do you to... not have lunch money? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's a different uh, story. But long story short is I just like, he had a huge house in the town of Monroe, which is a very nice town. And I just like, that was one of the moments where I was like, wow, people like that are- in my circle or around me are just living completely different than when I lived. Cause I literally thought everybody just lived in these, I guess what they call multi-generational households where you just have so many people. So when you're asking like conversations about money, so like I knew money in that sense, but I never had any conversations or education on 
like what what we're talking about today as far as like my parents never like invested other than what was in their job but they never talked to me about that or yeah, like same here. um th- i knew that we were making enough to again send back to the philippines but the conversation of like budgeting and you know things of that sort again not spoken about and a habit that i picked up on was like paying my credit cards like a daily and again like it was late fees though (laughs) and which was frustrating because i I, to this day calendars and technology is still not my favorite thing but it was always because i remember once i learned how to drive my mom was like okay like oh i forgot my macy's can you go drive my check and people had to drive to the store (laughs) to pay their cards back then there was no online payment there was yeah and so like as a 17 year old you know i'm not like oh my mom is paying her credit card late right it's just like you subconsciously pick that up one of the other responses to the poll was essentially like only saving money in an envelope rather than a bank Mm -hmm. and even now you know especially in this economy um Keeping your money in a bank is not necessarily the best thing, right? Unless you have like the high yield savings, whatever. Yeah. So just some fun facts. Yeah. Like right now, this is one of the worst times to like have money not work for you. Like inflation's pretty high right now. I believe inflation's currently around four or five percent. I forget off the top of my mind. And pretty much that means like your money is just losing value. So uh, right now, credit cards are at the highest level it's ever been. Um, car loans are at the highest default level. That means people aren't paying for them. Yeah, because no one has a job. And no one has, and, and it's just very tough to make money now with with inflation going up and the cost of living just going crazy. Like, look at the housing market. Everything is getting affected, and it's just there's a lot of lack of education when it comes to how to manage money in a normal environment. So imagine something like this. And also, I feel like many of us grew up in a household um, or uh, I guess, yeah. So many of us grew up in a household where each person hopefully had at least one stream of income, Hmm. right? Like um, my parents were both nurses and yeah, sure, they had their retirement funds, but there was no second stream of income. So it's like when you and I started dating or or when I called my parents and I was like, I'm moving back to New Jersey and I'm moving back in with, I'm moving in with Jeff. My dad's first question was, what does he do? And so to tell a Filipino father Hmm. that he's not a nurse, (laughs) he's, he's not a nurse and he doesn't really have a real job was you know, I'm a sh- it doesn't show that there's stability, right? Yeah. But it's you're basically like the first person that really showed me that, oh, you can have like the whole, again, these buzzwords of like multiple streams of income. Mm-hmm. Like those weren't, that wasn't necessarily so common when and we were I, young. Honestly, I like, I just remember when I first started my business, this was like back in 2016, 2017. I remember it being looked down upon to like start a business or like not progress in your career in as a corporate I was an corporate employee like if you were not going up the corporate ladder you were looking like you were wasting your time so like I remember that very vividly and nowadays now it's like the most important thing to have multiple streams of income yeah so it's just so crazy how that changed 
or even like um for you know for someone like myself like my mom who again is um she worked she's like a director of her like in, you know mm-hmm. as in the unit so it's like she has to look at new nurses coming in and i remember her talking about like why do these nurses only have two three years experience like at you know this hospital why are they why do they keep leaving and again that's another thing that like we were kind of raised with you stay at your job because it's stable you have your retirement you have this you have that again depending on um depending on what your profession was but now it's recommended that you kind of it's looked down upon yeah yeah and that's recommended that you essentially go from you know every few years you kind of change it up because you're not going to make that raise in you're the company you're not going to make that jump that you would if you go from company to company like i remember reading a within statistic within the company within yeah. a company whatever i remember reading a statistic like it was best to increase your income by jumping every 2 years and if you look at our age demographic for millennials that's like you'd never hear like oh i've been at the same company for 15 years now 20 years but our parents that was like a proud thing to say yeah my now, my mom has been at her hospital for 30 plus years and for a millennial that would be like oof yeah they like because at that at this point it's just like one i think a lot of times work culture is just like we don't want to be there anymore mm-hmm. two you realize like okay uh, you um like in comparison to uh, you know the previous generation we move around a lot more <clears throat> i may want to change careers again these are things that like we are so privileged to be able to have the option to do if we do right and it's just like you know another thing about that too i think it's just like a way to survive also like because when our parents were going through life the cost of living wasn't as crazy as it is now. And it's like, we have to jump from job to job to try to increase our income because it's kind of a necessity today. So it's not as it could be a privilege, yes, but just the way the increase of like wages haven't increased, but the cost of living has significantly increased. So it's kind of part, it's kind of needed in order yeah. to survive in today's economy. And it's like, instead of um, giving raises to people who deserve it, a company will give you a pizza party. And it's just like, give I me my money. I love the pizza party though. Give they me my money. Me. I don't want pizza. Um, but again, it's just like, these are those things that we see growing up that like, unfortunately, like you have to face like, okay, I have to take this risk because I don't want to be stuck at this job. But then... You have to also, it's one of those things where it's like, it's kind of scary to be the first person to do something, right? Like, so if you've come from a long line of people who have had possibly like, um, you know, blue collar jobs, and we kind of touch base on this with the uh, first episode. Mm -hmm. Um, If you come from a, a long line of people that, you know, have been laborers or what have you, you want that stable you know, nine to five job where you're going to have your benefits, you're going to have, you know, a steady stream of income. But then like yourself, you realize, hmm, there's more out there, but I have to take this risk first and be the first person to be able to achieve more for the people or my children, right? Leaving that legacy type of thing. Yeah. And I think that's just the greatest thing from my experience. Just now that I've kind of navigated that 
uncharted territory that people don't really experience. I can now share that with my child and hope that he can pass it on to his children as well. Yeah, and I think the important thing to note too is like, you know, some people that do take that risk, they kind of have the security of, you know, their family money mm-hmm. or they may have the security of like, I don't know, I've heard some crazy stories with like people who win like personal, what do you call those? Like, um, like if you fall and you get money, uh, like personal injury stuff, like yeah, whatever. Like, like, I think it's, it's important to note too that you're able to teach Easton that like, you didn't have, you had to kind of really work to yeah, be able to start something. I didn't have a safety something. net. Like yeah. everything was kind of on my own to kind of figure out and that was my only option. Whereas, and I had nowhere to learn from. I had to like figure out how to learn this. And it's just that experience forced me to learn. Whereas people may be too caught up in debt to learn how to get out before they even realize it. Yeah, but what I think was important that when you and I started dating too was like the first thing that you did say was like debt doesn't have to be scary and Mm -hmm. like just as far as like something I didn't know like when you're getting a mortgage your entire student debt total is not what is being counted it's your monthly payments literally cash flow baby literally that one nugget of information is something that was never told to me and because i didn't know it i had always feared not being able to have a home and now we have a home right not not for nothing i mean it was very difficult and like we had to sacrifice a lot to be able to get here but again having just someone share knowledge with you can open up a lot of doors that like you may not no is open so that's why money is such a important conversation to have with friends your colleagues like it's important yeah and i think it's important that we touch upon like how difficult the conversation of money was for us like i don't think we really spoke about how initially just the, the topic itself would like give you anxiety and just you weren't able to communicate about money at first, like I was the type where like, oh yeah, this is 10,000, 1,000, 2,000, just spitting out numbers. And that just overwhelmed you. And it took a lot of tough conversations for us to realize like, what was your, I guess, quote unquote, money language. And it took me to realize that you were more of a visual kind of person and you needed uh, like a little spreadsheet in front of you so that I could talk to these numbers and not overwhelm you. Yeah, because you would just kind of like, even to this day, like, if you just, let's say just even yesterday, right, you're teaching me how you put Easton down in the bassinet so he doesn't wake up. <laughs> you're, like, just talking, 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 and I'm like, okay, pause. Like, I need you to I actually show me. Because, again, people learn differently. Like, <laughs> I'm not an audio learner. I'm a visual learner. Like, so for me hearing you just throw out those money like numbers and you know we have to pay this bill and this bill my mind creates like this this cycle of just like it just kind of freezes and like then I just get frustrated and then um yeah it just wasn't until you started to put everything together and you know even that on its own is like the active service for me right which is your 
putting a, a, a spreadsheet for us that we're looking at. So I don't, so you can talk about what you need to talk about so we can achieve our goal. And I don't get anxious and fearful essentially that we can't afford something. Yeah. And I'm sure like speaking from a couple's perspective, I'm sure this is something that couples go through there. I'm sure there's one partner, if not both partners are anxious of the topic of money. So we kind of had to find a way to make this as comfortable as possible. Like for us, it was a date night where we pre-planned like, hey, Saturday night, we're going to talk about our budget. Uh, and that's what worked for us. And if you are not in a couple and you're just trying to do that for yourself, you need to find the right way for you to be able to sit down and, and focus on your money. Cause I know a lot of people, they don't even want to face it. Like going back to the person who threw away the bill, like sometimes it's just so overwhelming that you just keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And then eventually it just catches up to you. Yeah. It's, um, a lot of like money, I guess, uh, influencers, they kind of talk about how just taking care of your money and managing your money is a form of self-care, yeah. like self-care shorts, like massages, like nails, whatever. But knowing where your money's going and knowing how your money's going to come in does relieve you from some stresses, right? So it's yeah. like it's a form of self-care. Um, but I feel like money has always been looked at as something that's so scary and something that is like again um it's just looked at as like okay we can't talk about it because we're going to be bragging about our money or like we can't talk about it because we don't want people to know that we're struggling right and yeah. again i think that's just like part of breaking the cycle is also being transparent and and understanding that okay this is where I'm at now, but this is not where I'm going to stay. Of course. And I, I like going back to our experiences with money. I remember in college and like post-college, people didn't really want to talk about their salaries. And it was just like something that you just kept private. But nowadays, it's kind of helpful to share this information, to share what money habits we're all trying to do. And because we're all just trying to make it right. And it's just money is such a overwhelming topic for most people that not sharing and not learning from others and not being a resource for other people is not really good for anybody. Yeah, there's no gatekeeping. Like there's no point in gatekeeping your salary because that's only protecting the people higher up that are likely keeping more money away from you than you actually yeah. like know or think about. So by by communicating with your coworkers how much you're making, that can potentially allow, say, your office or like your coworkers to actually like get higher because there's such a discrepancy amongst people with the same ranking. Okay. For lack of better terms, right? For lack of better words. But again, it's like being more transparent, right? About your money issues and facing the fact that like if you don't change what you're doing you're you may never actually achieve the goals that you want for yourself mm -hmm. and then that's going to lead to you know an unfulfilled life absolutely yeah so it's like again i think a common theme that like we keep talking about in these episodes is walking with that fear or facing that fear and knowing like something 
that you want and something that like you deserve is on the other side. Yeah, and it's just like having that courage and confidence to stand up to what you're scared of and just take it head on. I mean, uh, like a nice metaphor for me was like, I used to hate public speaking and then now I'm excited to public speak. I used to have no knowledge of money and now I'm excited to talk about money. So you kind of have to get to a place where you're so confident in facing that fear that you get it turned into excitement because you want to conquer it. Yeah, but I think in this case too, my fear was also just again tied around like being embarrassed that I got to the point that I was at. And honestly, if it wasn't for COVID and like that very difficult, you know, time or this very difficult time, I I wouldn't be able to get out of that <laughs> that debt. You know, that that time period caused us to slow down. And at the same time, it allowed us to really like sit down and buckle up, buckle down with our spending. Yeah, everybody was saving so much that year. Yeah. And so and so you had an option, right? You had an option of, okay, well, I'm not going out. So I'm either going to do something about this money that I would have spent on drinks or trips or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or you just spent it all as soon as like things opened up. There's so many lessons that we can talk about and maybe we'll talk you know maybe we'll we'll make a few other episodes like this is just the tip of the iceberg yeah when it comes such to a money. huge conversation that you could make multiple episodes yeah. about it's just like just going back to the whole like generational wealth thing it's like when it comes to generational wealth it's not so much about making tons of money that's not you know for me that's yeah, not totally that's not the lesson I want to give to Easton. To me, generational wealth is having the, again, comfort and privilege to be able to essentially live the life that you want to live um, and have a fulfilling, I guess, life without having the stressors of just getting a job just to be able to pay the bills. Yeah, and it, and it all starts with education because I remember like when I was younger, I was like, I need to make as much money as I can, but you really don't need that much money to live a fulfilling life. You just need to know how to manage it. And managing money mm. at times is harder than making them actual money. I and, hear that all the time. <laughs> yeah, and it's just the truth. It's so cliche, but it's just like... That's really what it comes down to, managing your money and realizing that more money isn't going to solve your problems. It's managing it better. Like whenever we see a story about like someone, <laughs> someone who's just spending beyond their means or like someone who gets a lot of money, but then like blows it all. I just like, you're just like, see, I told you. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> managing money. Managing money is all about managing money. What would you want? What would you want Easton to learn from you in regards to financial literacy, or like what, as far as your legacy, like what would you want to leave Easton? Like what are you? What are you working towards right now? As far as like, you know, we have a roof over our heads and everything like that. We're safe. We're comfortable. Like, what are you? What do you want to leave for him? Uh, just the blueprint. I want. 
to live a life where we have time, location, financial freedom, time, time freedom, location freedom, financial freedom. Those three things are the most important to me. And to do that, we have to get to a place where the money is comfortable, that we can just do things that we want to do and not have to have anxiety about lack of money for it. And if we can create that life that's truly fulfilling and makes us brings us a lot of enjoyment and for him to see that and be a part of it i want him to realize like oh this is how you live life it's not all about like working as much as i can achieving as many accolades as i can it's about being able to put myself in a position to do the things i love to do and have the resources to be able to do it comfortably Mm -hmm. um i don't know where i read it or where i heard it but going off of that you know, someone said or someone posted something that said, um, I don't want my children to remember me by the sacrifices I made. I want them to remember me by the life I made. Yeah. So it's more so, again, touching base on like, we don't want to have to sacrifice, you know, to us, generational wealth is not having to sacrifice our bodies physically for work, not having to miss, you know, important Um, milestones in our child's life um like our marriage like we don't want to have to like essentially not be able to spend time together Mm -hmm. because we're working so hard to 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 either you know at this point it's not necessarily making ends meet luckily but rather like now we kind of work together all the time now we both work from home and it's just like we were able to create that life, luckily, because there's a lot of opportunities that came up for us or that we created. But, you know, before it was all about sacrifice. Like when I think about my parents, I think about the sacrifices they made. Yeah. And that's exactly it. I feel like our generate, like, has parents of immigrants, our parents sacrificed so we could, like, thrive. And now that's up to us to pass that on to our children so that they don't have to struggle the way our parents did the way we did and they can just be at a better starting point than both of the generations before them yeah and i think it's also something again that's probably going to be another episode which is a fine line between um being spoiled versus being humble and yeah i think that'll be a great topic so it is late (laughs) Yep, it's past our bedtime, so we hope that you found value in, this converse, value in this conversation and that money is no longer a stigma to you. I want you to like kind of come away from this episode and feel comfortable to talk with a friend, talk with a parent, talk with a loved one about money and just try to find out your own money limitations journey. Limitations, too. I'm sorry? Your limitations when it comes to money. Yeah, and it's just like money is not something to be fearful of. It's something that needs to be learned and used as a tool to give you the life that you want Mm -hmm. so yeah so again if you found value with us uh please give us a five-star rating like follow share and uh you can always dm us at um on instagram at jeff and tori uh if you want to talk more money we're here for you but yeah so otherwise um we'll see you for episode four Um, on instructions not included. And most importantly, subscribe so that we can continue designing our extraordinary lives.
lives together. Together.